Hi everybody and welcome to show number five of the Sunny 16 podcast, the podcast about film photography hosted by me, Aid, and Graham. Hi Graham. Hey dude, how you doing? Magnificent, maybe? Is that a good way to start a show? Magnificent? I, it'd be a difficult one to pull off, I suspect. Uh, uh, well, I'm glad it's just audio. How are you? I'm very good, thank you, Abe. Very good. Yeah, I've had a, a good evening's photographic fun and also a large bottle of cider, so I am ready to rock. Okay, so are there any apologies you need to put out to the listeners before you tell us about your evening out? <laughs> no, no, let's leave those to the end. By the end of this podcast, there probably will be apologies that need to be made. But uh, um, no, at the moment, I think I'm okay. I don't think there's any pending arrest warrants or anything like that I need to be aware of. So I think we're all right. Well, I'm glad to hear it. So why don't you tell us what you've been up to? This evening, uh, I went to, I think I mentioned it on last week's show, um, the Cassington Bike Night. I live over in West Oxfordshire, which is very convenient because in this tiny rural little village called Cassington, every year thousands and thousands of motorbikes descend on it for one night. And it's a, a fantastic epic event everywhere you look there are motorbikes of all shapes and sizes and ages and types and i've been um three of the last four years and it's just got a fantastic atmosphere there everyone's just having a nice time it's not just all hairy bikers although there are a lot of very hairy bikers <laughs> but there's families wandering around there's little kids eating ice creams there's just it's just a really nice time. There's all sorts of fun groups there. And I, I love it for that reason. But I also love it because it's a great place to go and take photographs. In fact, I would probably say that of all the things and the places that I go to to take pictures, it's the best place for me that I go to because there are so many people there and so many bikes there. And to be honest, the bikes are interesting, but it's the people that really capture my attention and it's just like shooting fish in a barrel to a certain extent i'm <laughs> but shooting biker fish shooting biker hairy biker fish in a barrel um uh but um no it's just a great and it's uh, there's a few things I, I wish i'd managed to find a good way to photograph um but couldn't quite get into a scene there was <laughs> there was one there was one stall um which was a, a charity and the banners everywhere were about prostate cancer, which is obviously a very important thing for people to be aware of. And quite a lot of the bikers there were elderly gentlemen or, or gentlemen over the age of 50. And but what made me laugh was it was these signs saying, be aware of prostate cancer and get checked. And there were these gentlemen sat in the stall. I was like, oh, I, are they offering free checks here? <laughs> <laughs> that was a little concerning. Um, that might have just been an information kiosk. <laughs> it might have been. Yeah, I didn't think about that. But now you come to it. That did you remember? Important. Did you think about it before you took your trousers down? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wondered why they looked so shocked. Um, and, uh, there was a, a group of um, uh, a Christian motorcycles club, and um, there was all sorts of stuff there. Um, there was one I didn't. Unfortunately, I saw him walking away and I was never able to sort of catch up or get in front of him. There was a guy from uh, a local Hells, not Hells Angels, local Harley Davidson group branch thing who had this fantastic top hat on and 
Yeah, they were they were all the kind of weird and wonderful characters you'd associate with a, a large group of bikers. Um, and it just means that there's a lot of opportunity there to get some pictures. And so I went on my bike because that's the only way to do it, really. As you can probably imagine, when a small village becomes home to, I don't know how many, but you know, 7,000 bikes is probably not an overestimate there's an awful lot of bikes cars not going to get into that village there's the the roads are close to cars so um i went on my bike and that limits what i can carry so i only took the four cameras with me to see oh well yeah traveling light then uh, as i do um so i took with me i took my vivitar ultra wide and slim cult plastic camera (laughs) I it took, still sounds like a packet of cigarettes to me. It still looks like a packet of cigarettes. I need to I took my Olympus Mew 2 little point-and-shoot cult camera. I took um, my 1920s Super Iconta folding medium format rangefinder cult camera, which is a cult camera because it's awesome from the 20s. And... Um, the creme de la Monte. I took my Olympus OM1, which is also a cult camera. So you could say, if you said it very carefully, that I went to this event with a bunch of cults, and <laughs> it, it was great. I um, I didn't use the Iconta much at all in the end. I think I took one shot with it because I'd forgotten that it had got um, Ilford pan 50 film in it and i didn't get to the event until about 6 six thirty. so the light level was already starting to drop a bit and it's not exactly the most nimble of cameras to use and um, with the slow speed film in it i just thought okay i took one picture and went, no this isn't practical for what i want to do i took a couple of pictures with the ultra wide to try and capture the how much of everything there was there and a few pictures with the Olympus Mew because that had colour film in it. But most of the I spent using my Olympus OM-1. And um, I was reminded again what a fantastic camera this is. Um, I The last couple of times I've been to the event, I've taken the Olympus OM-10 and shot Neopan at both occasions, my Neopan 6800. And so as I managed to squirrel away a, a few more rolls of that from eBay, uh, I've spent far more than I should have done getting them, but I really wanted to. So, okay, that's going to be a thing I'm definitely going to do. But I realised that my OM10, which is an aperture priority camera, didn't have a battery in it. So I thought, okay, I'll take the OM1 instead, which is its big brother. And... It's just such a nice camera to use. Everything about it handles beautifully. The the action, the focusing. It's a really small SLR as well, very compact. And I took it with the 50mm lens on it. And it was just a real pleasure to shoot with it all evening. So I went out with the role of Kodak T-Max 400 in it first. As I got there, as I said, about 6.30, and it's fortunately been a really nice day here today because 
most of the week it's been pissing down you know, and that's not great for a motorbike event especially when the motorbikes have to park on the field Ooh, because it yeah. gets very wet underfoot and i think one of the early years quite a few bikes fell over um and when they're all quite close together that can cause something of a domino effect which i think i've seen something like that in a clint eastwood film from the 70s yes yeah any which way but loose right turn clyde um, <laughs> so for a fortune the weather was good and it was nice and sunny and so I took it with the 400 speeding because I wanted to be able to shoot it with a reasonably wide, um, reasonably small aperture to get enough stuff in focus because I wanted to capture the feel of what was going on around there, not highlight particular elements of a motorbike or anything like that. I wanted to really just get a feel for what was going on around. And fortunately, just as I got through that first roll of T-Max, and the light was starting to get a little bit lower. I swapped onto the Neopan 1600, which uh, I then shot. I haven't quite finished the roll of film, but I've got over 20 shots taken. So I've actually taken about over 50 pictures tonight, which Whoa, is steady a tiger. huge amount for me. <laughs> um, but it was great. It was a, a lovely event. And I got chatting to various people there about... I got chatting to one gentleman about cameras. I, he made some comment as I walked past somebody shooting with an old film camera and I stopped and chatted to him for a bit I got got into a couple of conversations with people about old motorbikes with them talking about stuff that I had no clue what they were on about (laughs) because I'd be there looking at these cool old bikes and quite often I'd be looking at these cool old bikes because they were interesting people around them and I'm more interested in taking pictures of these interesting people but then somebody would come up and start talking about specifics of what the bike was or how they got one and using words that I just didn't understand at all and that was quite good fun I just smiled and nodded and went yeah yeah um, <laughs> um, and also I because I said I like taking pictures of people but I'm a complete coward but there were a couple of times this evening I got chatting to one lady who was I, was... I was taking a picture of a bike. The bike was leant up against the bench and there were three guys sat on the bench. And I was like, okay, that might make for an interesting picture. And whilst I was taking the picture, I noticed this lady off to one side who was clearly with the bike. So I thought, oh, I'm going to start chatting to her about it and had a nice conversation with her for a, for a few minutes, in which time it became increasingly obvious that I didn't understand a lot of what she was talking about and then somebody else came over who started definitely talking about things I didn't understand but by the end of the conversation I was able to go do you mind if I take your picture with the bike and great I, I've never had the courage to ask a stranger to just take their picture um, that's brilliant so, that, I mean that's, that's really good because yeah. that was one of, that was going to be one of my questions so you've preempted my question which is which is okay that's cool I can live with that the the question was going to be uh, how do you get to approach these these people and ask them for their photograph I and mean, you, you you could argue that some of them might look quite intimidating albeit as friendly as they are. Yeah, oh um, yeah, um. yeah. You, you're not wrong there. There's definitely a, a mixed bunch. I, I mean, I will be totally honest and say, ninety-five, ninety-nine percent of the pictures are candid shots. Uh, not that I'm far away or anything like that. Like I said, I'm shooting with a fifty-millimeter lens, so I'm trying to get reasonably close to people, but they're not particularly aware that I'm taking their picture. They're chatting. I look up and go, "Oh, there's somebody taking my picture," but I'm being quite discreet about it. 
there was another case where uh, a lady was walking towards me and she had this cool hat on and I just right went to take a picture and so she obviously knew I was taking a picture and smiled for it um, but that's quite a step forward for me because normally I, I I'm terrible at making contact with people and I think this is quite a, it feels like quite a safe environment to try and push those boundaries a bit and wish that I'd gone a bit further and I'll, I'll be back again next year I went further this year than I did do in the past and I'm sure I'll keep going back and keep trying and maybe try and find some other events similar to this uh, because it's it's quite an unusual event in the sense in that you've got a large group of people there but it's not everybody there is part of it everybody there has for the most part come on a bike themselves they are part of this great big show it's a really weird thing so you you feel like people are more up for being photographed because they're part of the display in a weird way yeah um, they're not they're not going about their everyday business it's a special event for them isn't it so yes yeah and it, it's almost like a fancy dress show i guess in a way yeah you're absolutely right you're absolutely right um but yeah, it's it was a good time and it was really nice. The the, the Olympus uh, OM series is just such a. I think I talked about the M10 before, which is a really good cheap SLR. It, uh, so it's an aperture priority, so you can set the aperture on the lens, and then it chooses the uh, correct shutter speed for you. And that's a really nice camera, and that the the meter on that does a really good job, and it takes really nice pictures. But that said, when I pick up the OM1, which was the first in the series, the first sort of, um, professional level one in the series, the OM10 was the consumer model, right. and the OM1 was the uh, more professional end model. And it's fully manual. You've got your shutter, you've got your aperture controls on here. Uh, it has a light meter built into it, uh, a th- through the lens light meter. But all that's doing is you look through it and it gives you a needle and you go, okay, adjust this to make match up to it. There's no other modes. And because it's fully mechanical, that means that the battery is just powering the light meter. So it works perfectly well without a battery, which I really like. The versions that followed on the OM2, the OM3, the OM4, uh, all, again, fantastic cameras, but they all needed the battery to function. And it's just got a, a really nice action and um, I'm looking at it now thinking, boy, I wish I'd given that lens maybe a bit more of a wipe down before I went out, but <laughs> that'll give the pictures a bit more character, I guess. It, it's, it's authentic, you know, all the oil spraying out of those old motorbikes, you know, give, giving you a, a, a real authentic feel to the images. I'm pretty absolutely. Sure, pretty sure you'll, you'll be fine. You'll be yeah, fine. absolutely. Absolutely. I did take my phone with me as well. Whilst I was there, I, I bumped into a couple of guys who I, I knew and I was... <laughs> showing them uh, my the four cameras I was carrying around with me whilst walking out. And the one guy went, all you need is this, and pulled out his phone. And I said, I have used my phone, which is true. I use my phone. I use my phone for the one thing that cameras cannot do and which is actually, I, I thought, would be quite nice to have from the event, and that's to capture some of the sound from it. Because as you can probably imagine, with all these bikes around, it's quite a lot of noise. It's just a oh, constant yeah. soundscape. And so I didn't take any pictures at all with my phone, but I did some audio. I'll probably never do anything with it, 
but it was quite nice to have it just to as a little memory and um because that's an element of the event which you just don't think about but it's a really important part of being there because it's just all around you um so anyway, well, I'll tell you what we I'll tell you what we do. You send me a little slug of audio then and I'll edit it into the podcast when we finish recording. How's that? Sounds even like if, a great idea. Even if it's just at the end and then, then then we'll all have an idea of what it felt like to actually be there. I I have got the perfect piece to send you at the end to make it sure <laughs> just what it was like for me to be there. I see it's the, the perfect little uh, thing for people to listen on to at the end. Okay. All right. Well, I'm intrigued now and slightly worried. But, <laughs> but we'll go with it. What the hell? <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Cool. Well, look at that. That is possibly the first example of a an assignment report for the Sunny 16 podcast. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And um, hopefully I'll be getting the, the T-Max 400 developed this week. I'm because my patience won't last any longer than that. Uh, I still have about 10 shots to shoot on the Neopan, so I'll try and blitz through those fairly quickly. Um, but, yeah, as soon as I've got the pictures done, uh, I will be sharing those and hoping they didn't turn out terribly. But you know what? If they did, I don't really care. I had a great time <laughs> taking the pictures anyway. Even if they're hot garbage, I had a lot of fun taking them. Well, you had a lot of fun taking them, and you were a brave little soldier asking people to take their photographs, which I is was I something was. both of us find tricky to do. Yeah. So, you know, you get, you get a, a prize as well for being brave. How about that? Yay! <laughs> is it sweets? <laughs> it could be, if you want sweets. <laughs> Actually, on a slightly different note, I did post a package off to you today with some photography goodies in it. So, Ooh! Uh, and yes. sweets? Um... Don't think you should be eating anything that's in the parcel that I sent you. <laughs> well, but, I'll be you know, the judge of that. But yeah, yeah, on, on your own head be it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, right. That is an excellent assignment report. Uh, I think uh, we'd, we're going to have with our next item uh, another first for the Sunny 16 podcast. I like firsts. You like first. Okay, yep. this, this is a first. Right, okay. So this is a first. It's the first time we've ever actually had any news. <laughs> Ooh, hang on, hang on. Is this breaking news? It, 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 it kind of is breaking news, actually. I found out about it yesterday, and it's it's a product announcement that was just today. So as we're recording... Hang, hang on, hang on, Nate. Hang on. We need the breaking news. Breaking news! <laughs> Okay, now you can go. That's excellent. And Thanks. now we've got that on recording as well, so we can use it whenever, <laughs> whenever we have breaking news from yesterday. <laughs> well, well, yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll highlight that out and we can use it from, uh, yeah, for, for other things in the future. Okay, so uh, loyal listeners to oh, all of the previous four episodes uh, will recall uh, the little dance number you did called Fuji Fuji Epson Max. I know. I can't believe that hasn't been turned into a, a super song yet. It's, uh, it's weird. <laughs> It'll be out there on YouTube. What we need is somebody who can put a little bit of video to it or something like that. Uh, but the reason for mentioning that, of course, is that one of the Fujis in that was 
uh, and is uh, my Fuji Instax printer, the SP1 share printer uh, that uh, you can wirelessly print to from an app on your phone or if you have a, a reasonably recent Fuji X camera at the very least, uh, then you can uh, print directly from the, the camera to the Instax. Uh, and that's one of the things that I've been doing to get some black and white instant shots. Uh, the breaking news today is that the SP2, uh, the successor to the SP1, has been announced by Fujifilm Global, a new product. Uh, a new film product and how often do we get to announce a new film product in the in 2016 not very often <laughs> not, not often very often no so uh i first found out about this last night because i have the app on my phone to work with the uh the the first version of the printer the one that i have and the app got updated yesterday and all it said in the update notes was updated for the sp2 <laughs> and i thought to myself aha <laughs> <laughs> something's going on here so uh, I did a quick Google of, of places like Fuji Rumors and other websites and uh, the internet was awash with rumors of the SP2 printer to be announced today and lo and behold when I got home from work this evening and had a look it had been announced and uh, there is a so there is a new Instax printer uh, available as of right now I think is there much difference between this one and the old one? Because I don't, I never really looked into the old one. So you sent me the specs for this new one, and they meant less than nothing to me. Well, do you know what? When I was reading the interview, uh, not the interview, the rumor sites yesterday on the interwebs, I thought to myself, mm, this is a bit of a so what. You know, there were people who were saying, oh, new rumored high resolution, you know, uh, prints and stuff like this. Now this is a print that when you when you do it on the Instax Mini is less than three inches by two inches. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's using the same film, isn't it? It's, it's using the same. It's using hard the same limit. film. Yeah. So how how it's using the same film? It's it's exactly the same size. So so how much resolution really can you make a difference? Uh, so there there is a difference. I'll come back to that in a minute. There are, I should say, actually having read the the specs of it today and, and some of the the marketing blurb on the Fuji website. Uh, I don't know if it's an upgrade, and it, you know, uh, uh, if it's a you know, a must-have upgrade, I should say. It does sound some of it though a little bit intriguing, but I'll, I'll have a quick run through it. So, first off, and possibly most importantly, it now comes in two colours. <laughs> well, zing! Oh, I know you can get it in silver or gold, whereas you know my old one is just grey and white. <laughs> So, you know, if anybody's got one of those rose gold iPhones or something like that, or I don't think Fuji make gold coloured cameras, do they? Uh, <laughs> What's the pity? No, <laughs> no, I don't think they do. Yeah. So, I mean, well, yeah, the, maybe. The yeah. Instax Minis come in all sorts of colours, so. Maybe it's for the, the X-T2 camera. Maybe the X-T2 camera's going to be available in gold. Now, that'd be a camera worth having, wouldn't it? <laughs> One can only hope. <laughs> Okay, so the so maybe that's not the most important difference after all. <laughs> <laughs> there are some that are a little bit more, a little bit less superficial than that. So if that's a little difference, the color thing, then a big difference potentially is that it now runs on a rechargeable battery. <laughs> this, uh, let me just clarify: this is falling into the big difference category. 
It is. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> you're right. This doesn't sound like it's a must-have upgrade. It it's 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 like the new Top Gear. It's not really a must-have upgrade. <laughs> so this so is the old version. What did the old version run on? Uh, it runs on uh, CR2 batteries. Two CR2 batteries. Okay. So not uh, actually not ones that you could but get rechargeable versions of. I don't think you can get rechargeable CR2s. No. Uh, the I've not tried very hard, but I have tried a little bit and not found them. Uh, but having said that, uh, the batteries are supposed to last for, at the very least, 10 packs of film, which is 100 prints. So, you know, you're going some to, to, to use a whole set of batteries in one sitting. You really are. I mean, you'd need to be at a wedding with a whole blooming pallet full of Instax Mini <laughs> yeah. to, get th- to get through the batteries. So it's not really an issue. And they're not big either, so it's not exactly difficult to carry around spares. But the new one runs on a rechargeable battery. I'm not sure uh, if that you can get replacement batteries for it. Uh, maybe that would be something that would be interesting if you were going out and intending to shoot more than 10 packs of in- million stacks yeah. in one sitting without actually getting any access to uh, a, a PowerPoint. But well, if they're, if they're using a similar kind of batteries to what they use in their digital cameras, I hope you can swap them out for <laughs> other ones because battery life on the Fuji cameras has not been fantastic. No, at least that's not my experience. So that's so that's one of the big differences. Slightly smaller difference. Uh, it now prints in 10 seconds. Uh, rather than 16 currently. Again, cool. <laughs> you know, you'd need to be going some to really care about that difference. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you know, I'm not bulk printing Instax on my printer. <laughs> so, Using so, it like a photocopier, basically. Yeah, yes, the world's smallest photocopier. <laughs> No, so I, I, that's not something I particularly care about. Then there's the whole thing about the resolution. So this is this is uh, interesting because, of course, the film is the same size. Uh, it's the same film that you'd put in it. Uh, so the 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 image is uh, the the imaging area on that film is the same size, of course. And the old one, the one that I have, printed at 254 dots per inch. So that's 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 a pretty pretty close to a professional. I think resolution print. I mean, yeah, a lot of people say you should be up around 300 for maximum impact, but I personally can't tell the difference between a 200 DPI print and a 300 DPI print. I don't know if you can. No, and then also, with the best will in the world, who cares? I mean, this is you're you're printing out something from an Instax Mini. I, I, I still, I mean, I, I understand the point of it and i think i I am glad that it's a thing and it probably makes more sense to me i had a quick link to the website or one of the articles i think and it it was saying about pairing it with a mobile phone and that makes some sense to me perhaps more so than your elaborate and convoluted um way of getting them from your phone to the printer and the scanner and so on and and fuji aren't the only ones that are doing this because uh, the Impossible Project also have their own device, don't they, where you can use mobile phones and slot it into the top of this thing and take a picture and then it comes out on a Polaroid thing. 
can't yeah, they? I've seen that. I've never tried one of those. I'm intrigued by that, uh, but but never tried it. Yeah. But to, just to finish off on this resolution change on on the Fuji printer, uh, what that means is uh, it's now gone up to 320 DPI. So what that means is instead of your print being 640 by 480 pixels, it's now 800 by 600 pixels. Right. So what it's saying is they've dragged this thing kicking, kicking and screaming into the mid 1990s. Hurrah! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, having said that, you know, it's, it's 320 DPI. Can I tell the difference between that and 240 or 254 or whatever it is on the on the version one printer? I'm not sure that I can, uh, or that I would be able to. I say even on really big prints, when I get a chance to look at them close up, I'm not sure that I can tell the difference. Uh, so, and that's, you know, so I, I, I'm not convinced, to be honest, I'm not convinced, uh, which brings me to the last one, and possibly the most creative difference is that you can now split an image over two photos. Right. Does that make sense? So imagine you've got a picture, a photograph, rather, I yeah. should say, that you want to print, uh, you can now split it in half and print it over two Instax mini frames. Uh-huh. So you could, you know, in a... Uh, it's not a diptych, is it? Because that's three things. What's a, what, what is it when you... What, no, the, the diptych is two. A diptych is, is one aid. A diptych is two pictures. And a triptych is three pictures. Oh, uh, yeah, OK. All right. Let's go with diptych then. If that's right, you diptych. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> right. So yeah, okay. So there you go then. So it does have something that is uh, potentially creative if you want to do your your diptych stuff. It'd be one of the yeah, a diptych for a doll's house maybe rather than for. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the Zoolander thing, isn't it? What is this? A school for ants? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yes, that's the thing. Cause, I mean, those pictures are so small that they're going in an album, which is fine. That's good. Photos in an album I'm a big fan of. And as you said at the get-go, the, the fact that this is a new announcement for something which is printing to an analogue medium is good, but I remain a little bit unconvinced by these things. I, I still think that maybe just get a camera that takes the prison and is done with it. Will you be? Do you think you'll be looking to upgrade? I can't see it. <laughs> Is the price any different from the original one? They, I don't think they've published a price yet. I haven't been able to find a price on it the, yet. So. I think the website I was looking at said that I think it was one hundred and ninety-nine dollars. Does that sound right? Uh, so that'd be, be about in the ballpark. Yeah. One hundred ninety-nine pounds. Oh uh, yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. Yes. So, uh, I, I, yes, I do have another browser page open that has a print on it. So, uh, price on it. Sorry, that's a yeah. I don't know that it's been priced in in this country, but uh, yeah, two hundred dollars. The current one's about one hundred and twenty pounds. So I would say that that's probably a an increase, not a not a massive increase in cost, but an increase in cost nonetheless. Yeah. To, uh, I don't think uh, I think you know without having seen the quality of the prints and compared them side by side, presumably under a microscope, uh, I don't think it's a must-have upgrade for me personally. But if I was buying one for the first time. Uh, I think it's yeah you know, it, it 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 would certainly be enticing buying one for the first time. Yeah, yeah. I said I I I still think for the role that they're trying to fit, 
of being that, oh, if you're going to a party or something like this and you want to have something fun to give out to people, then just if you've got the camera, I, I understand what your argument is of my digital camera will, one, take better pictures in the first place, and two, I can select which ones I want to print and only print the good ones. That makes sense to the point, but then when you're only getting these teeny tiny little prints anyway, the, the ultimate quality isn't really that big an issue. And it's like, well, oh, I, um, it's it's a tough one. It's uh, I agree. That it's not a, it's not about quality. Uh, and I've been thinking about this because I know you're sceptical. And I actually have a a big family party coming up in a couple of weeks' time, uh, a, a significant birthday. Uh, for a family member who shall uh, rename, remain nameless. To is, it your, is it your wife? <laughs> no, actually, no, no, it's not. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're not. You've been so cagey the other side. <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's even worse than that. It's my mother-in-law. Oh. <laughs> so I'm not going to talk on the internet about how old my mother-in-law is. <laughs> <laughs> but you will say that she's lovely, lovely, lovely woman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, if we can talk about your mum on this podcast, we can talk about my mother-in-law and say how lovely she is, too. So we have a, a, a large family party. So the the thing is, is uh, I, actually, I think this printer is, is ideal for a thing like that because, you know, you'll want to to keep the digital images to share around the family so everybody can have a copy. Uh, but it'd be nice. It'd be a real special thing on the day to give everybody just a couple to take home with them. Mm. It's not about capturing the whole event in in stacks, so that uh, you know, uh, and doing every shot five times, so that every every family group can take one home. It's more you know they'll be shared afterwards electronically, and that's a great thing. But equally, it's really nice to have something to take away on the day. So I think of it as an extra rather than a replacement, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, get you. I get you, but I I do still think you should get a proper instant camera of some flavor i think actually you should probably get the impossible what is it the eye thing i can't remember what it's called the eye thing <laughs> i was looking at it literally 10 minutes ago and i've forgotten its name but the new impossible project camera because that looks I, quite snazzy yeah the, it's one of the things with an instant images it's a one of a kind and that's also part of the point is like yes all right you can scan it but it's not quite the same. It's you can take that picture and you can give that picture to somebody and go, There you go, you've got the that's it. And and there's something about that as well. It's... So the I one analogue instant camera from the Impossible Project in the UK currently priced at two hundred and sixty nine pounds ninety nine pence. Ooh, get to, to be fair to them, that give includes, me one. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I'll just pop <laughs> one in the post to you, mate. Yeah, think nothing of it. <laughs> just buy me a pint. <laughs> Deal. Uh, that's with three packs of film. Without without film, two hundred and twenty nine pounds. Does that mean that a bundle, right? So if they're bundling film with a camera, then three packs of film they're adding forty quid to the price for. Is yeah. that is that a bundle price or a three foot packs of film actually cost forty quid? Um, the I think the standard price for film is on the in the Impossible Project is seventeen ninety nine. I think so. That would be about yeah. You're probably saving so a little bit of money on that. So I would over actually, two quid a shot then. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's how much it is. I did um, after complaining about 
the cost of impossible project film i have found on ebay there are a couple of sellers who are selling it in this country with free postage for i think about 15 pounds which was quite good to see it actually was very good to see and did make me think maybe i'll buy some more impossible project film against all sensible judgment but there is uh, there is something about it I would, that. I would love to do. I would love to do that. I, re- I really would. Uh, uh, I'm going to keep my eye open for a, a Polaroid camera in a charity shop or something. If I see another one, I'll, I'll grab it. I'll grab it. <laughs> foist it down to you. Yeah, maybe when I'm fe- next time I'm feeling flush. You have actually been responsible for me buying several cameras recently, though. So <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> no, no, no. That wasn't a thank you. <laughs> it really wasn't a thank you. <laughs> So I'm gonna try. I'm trying to use the cameras I've got. I use I use that wonderful panoramic panoramic camera uh, that you sent me, and I've posted a couple of images from that onto our Instagram. Now, actually, no, only the one so far, but there'll be yeah. more than one by the time this uh, this this episode goes out. Uh, so that is uh, has been a joy to use, and the images pretty much came out well, apart from when it was a little bit too dark. And in scanning to get anything out of them, they've had to uh, really, really boost uh, the gain on the scanner and it, it comes out as a grainy mush. But hey, you know, it's still <laughs> an image. So, you know, happy with that and uh, looking forward to getting some Holger rolls back as well, I think. And, and, and the two from my Bronnie, which should be back, uh, which I spoke about in the last episode, but should be back in a, in a short while, a couple of days. So plenty of film photography going on. And... I don't need any more cameras, thank you very much at the moment. The thing is, what you could do, Aidan, instead of buying one, is you could do what I did this week. Uh, I'm almost undoing it now. Is make your own camera. Oh, you made another camera? I yeah I I broke with tradition this week. Normally I'm uh, very much on taking things to pieces, reducing them to component parts. But so Mike, you're well known for it. <laughs> yeah, um, but this week I went the other way and I built my own camera. Uh, it, it was my birthday not that long ago. I keep mentioning it. I'm going to keep mentioning it. It'll be the middle of winter and I'll be going. Do you remember when it was my birthday in May? Just remember. Um, and for my birthday, <laughs> you child. Ah, uh, uh, yes. For my birthday, my partner got me this DIY TLR. I think they're sold under a number of brands. This particular one was the classic Hanes TLR. Uh, but I, I heard from other people on the interwebs who have had these and made them. And as the name suggests, it's. A, a true TLR camera, it is a twin lens reflex camera. So when you put it all together, you have a, a viewing lens and a taking lens. Um, it's made of 100% fine quality plastic, which is what we like, apart from three springs and a few screws. It was quite easy to put together, uh, and it was quite fun doing it. was a bit fiddly. Some of it was a bit fiddly. The instructions, halfway through... 
I got the distinct impression that whoever was responsible for them just forgot what he was doing because some <laughs> of the things which had previously been referred to as the right-hand thing suddenly became the left-hand thing. I was like, wait a minute, am I going crazy here? And I could not get the shutter to work in the way that they said it should work. I mean, it works, but just not the way they said it should, so that should be entertaining. It's unusual in that, that it's a 30 millimeter TLR. Uh, normally they're all medium format, or I suppose there are a few uh, 127 uh, roll film, small roll film cameras, but uh, 35 millimeter is quite small. Obviously it's got plastic lens in it, um, and it's a single aperture, but you can actually focus it, and it has got... A little. Oh, hang on a second. I'll try and open up the lid here. So look. This is great audio, really. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll just I'll just ramble on a bit while you make straining <laughs> noises as you try to open your camera. <laughs> Wait for the snappy sound. Um, See, so you look down from the top, and it's got a really high quality plastic Fresnel lens. Oh, the wrong thing. So I haven't put any film in yet uh, because. I've got a lot of cameras with filming at the moment. I need to do a count-up at some point. But in the last week, I, I've come to the realisation that the amount of time that I have to take pictures is inversely proportional to the number of cameras I will have filming. <laughs> because what happens is I'll be sat at home not able to take pictures, and I think, I really want to shoot some film. I know, I'll load some film into the of some sort and then I can go and do this and then I can and so I keep doing that which is why I have I would estimate at the moment seven probably about seven cameras with film in it in various stages of being shot um, so that's too many yep it, it probably is too many uh, three I've got rolls of the Agfa Vista in which I've got to get shot and finished before I'll uh, wrap up next week but yeah some of them have got rolls of film that have been in them for, at this point, two years, I think. Not ideal. So anyway, uh, as soon as I... Unless I've... you're keeping them in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Um, but uh, I've cleared the decks a bit. I will put some film in this little, little delight. And I have heard from some of our Instagram buddies that it's uh, a fun little thing to use as long as you don't mind light leaks, which obviously we don't, so... That should be fun. It looks like an interesting thing. I tell you what, though, it does actually... Uh, it prompts a question from me, which is that... I, what, what's the reflex in twin lens reflex? Is there a mirror that moves? I always thought in an SLR, the reflex bit referred to the fact that the mirror moved. That's a really good question. You yeah. don't know, do you? No, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I would guess, uh, given the fact that it doesn't move, and I think, no, I, I'm sure that twin lens reflexes were invented before the single lens reflex. The reflex must just mean the reflection up through the fact that. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, that could work. Yeah, no, uh, that's good, good good improvisation mate i wonder if that'll become you know find that out to be true when we look it up uh yeah well you know what if one of our listeners knows that we're talking out of our butt 
please let us know. Uh, our, our, our buddy on Instagram, A Story of Pieces, did uh, drop me a line this last week to say, uh, listen, you wallies, yes, the last Star Wars film episode seven. I got the episode uh, number right. I just got seven, the name wrong. The Force of Gravity was <laughs> shot on film. And, uh, oh, was the, it? Yep, J.J. Abrams. He was part of the uh, group of film directors who committed to using film and helped shore up Kodak's future in the industry and also get, get Kodak ahead and push Fuji out of that realm of it. Um, so, yes, thank you very much for informing us of that and making that tangent. Many That's weeks good ago, feedback. That's yeah, good feedback. Yes, thank so, you very much. A story of pieces. Yes, so uh, it keeps coming up. <laughs> no doubt, keep, will keep coming up. So yes, somebody knows if we're correct on that, but I'm guessing that must be the case because yes, twin lens reflex cameras have been around since the 1920s onwards. I think maybe even oh, a little yeah. earlier than that. I'd say maybe around then. I mean, you've got a proper one, haven't you? Yes, I have. My, I, bizarrely, my proper... I've got... I'll define proper. Not, I've sorry, got, not not to be rude about your new one. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is handmade. As I put on the uh, Instagram feed, I'm pretty sure that my construction job for this will secure me a feature, future working for Leica or Hasselblad. It's beautifully crafted. Um, no, I have a Yashica 635, does actually also shoot you can ad- adapt it to shoot 35 millimeter film i haven't done that yet but i have got the kit for doing it and i also have a couple of low lubitels which are the lomo made twin oh, lens reflex right. cameras and um guess what they're a bit of a pain in the ass to use in that lomo style although they are capable of taking nice pictures although the last one I used, I, I bought the Lomo Lubitel 2 first a few years ago, and that's just fiddly to use, and the viewfinder is horrible. Uh, and then I bought the 166B. Uh, more Catchy name. Yeah, it's a very catchy name. And that's a particularly plastic affair. The controls on it are a little bit better. They're a little bit chunkier. It does have this one eensy-weensy little Lomo-esque fault, which is that every now and again the back would just fall open. <laughs> the catch was rubbish, and every now and again funk open. So out of an entire roll of film, I think maybe two images weren't ruined on it. So, hurrah. Thank you, Lomo. Thank you for your <laughs> Friday afternoon craftsmanship. Um, okay, so we, if we don't stop, we're going to have to rename this podcast from Sunny 16 to something like We Hate Lomo. Almost every episode, <laughs> you're having a go at Lomo in one sense or another. Anybody I know. Think you di- anybody would think you didn't like their cameras. I mean, but the bizarre thing is, I keep buying them. <laughs> I keep buying them. And I, I would, as I said, for the Lubitel 2, and it, also for the 166, the few frames that weren't ruined, when it does take pictures, it can take some nice pictures. I did like the images I got out of the Lubitel. It was just a bit of a faff to you. So, it's a love-hate relationship. Well, some of the most productive, creative relationships are love-hate relationships. You know, like the bands that split because of musical differences. Yeah. That doesn't sound that productive if they split, though. <laughs> Well, okay, fair point. <laughs> it's the ones that stay together and keep hating each other. 
and and, and to, to be fair, the, the the photos that you've shared from your cosmic are not exactly <laughs> indicative of a particularly productive relationship. <laughs> Although we we'll have to say, as of the time of recording this, the squirrely pattern photograph from your cosmic 35 is currently got the the highest number of likes on the sunny 16 podcast instagram account <laughs> what are you gonna do <laughs> particularly so. after i spent all that time last week quietly moaning about the fact that just random pictures without any real content weren't any good and then i shoved that piece of garbage up and uh sorry listeners oh the irony yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe we better move on then now, I understand there were a, a couple of shout-outs and, and feedback that you wanted to, to uh, make some noise about this week, uh, including some relatives. How's, how's that? <laughs> look, look I, I'm not sure I was going to fess up to the fact. But, um, yeah, we've got a couple of iTunes reviews. Well, we've got, three, we've got three iTunes reviews so far. Listen, guys, if you're listening to this show, do us a solid, leave us an iTunes review, because it's a bit embarrassing at the moment. Our iTunes review standing, we have three of them, which is better than none. First one, I'm not going to lie, is by me. <laughs> it's not a great start. <laughs> uh, the second one is by UK Ghost Dog, who is a listener to this podcast and appreciative. He's also a very good friend of mine. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. And the, the third iTunes review is my mum who is also a listener to this podcast and so it definitely counts but please help us get beyond <laughs> because i'm running out of friends and family to ask to review this podcast um my mum actually said that my my mum told me that my explanation of reciprocity made sense to her um that's probably the proudest moment in my life. I think <laughs> I'll take that to the grave with me. Uh, my friend Steve said the exact opposite. Um, so what are you going to do? Swings and roundabouts. Well, I thought your reciprocity failure explanation was, was perfectly clear. I, I thought it was great. Thanks. I, I felt like I lost my way a little bit halfway through, but I, I'm glad it was appreciated. <laughs> Okay, but to be fair though, your mate and your mum and you is probably not the best ever collection of listener reviews for iTunes. So yes, absolutely, please, loyal listeners, uh, can we call them loyal listeners if they've made it all the way to episode five? Absolutely, particularly if they got through last week's episode where I I was uh, half asleep, I think, (laughs) through a chunk of it. (laughs) So yeah, I think they did very well. Okay, okay. Well, in which case, yes, a pas- an, an impassioned plea. Please, loyal listeners, leave us an iTunes review. Uh, by preference, a positive one. Uh, that that would be useful. And it would. Can, it helps us be seen. On the it helps us be seen. Uh, it contributes to our plan for world domination. And, you know, at the revival, if revival is the right word, of, of film photography. I don't think it ever went away, did it? But uh, it certainly seems that it's gaining more traction and getting more popular these days than it was maybe five uh, years ago and certainly maybe more than ten years ago when really it was in in the doldrums completely. Yeah, I wish I'd been buying cameras then rather than trying to now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would have been a fine time to pick up some bargains, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, well. Such is life. Such is life. Okay, well, on with some housekeeping then. Uh, Elsewhere, uh, not just on iTunes, uh, we do participate in the the grand community called the Internet, uh, particularly on Instagram, where we are at Sunny16Podcast, and Facebook, where we are 
at sunny16podcast and also at gmail where you can email us uh, send us a message have a conversation at sunny16podcast at gmail.com and for the longer form conversations related to this podcast please visit pixelatedphotographer.com where our very good buddy Chris provides the hosting for our podcast and also for the longer form conversations in the forum on that website Uh, big shout to Chris as always to thank him for that and for the technical support to getting this thing whatever it might be (laughs) published in the first place and that takes us to the last credit for this evening, which is uh, to Mr. Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Uh, we who use his tune, Honey Bee, as the music threaded throughout this podcast, uh, provided under a Creative Commons license and uh, uh, available on his website, Incompetech.com. Which I think brings us to the wrap-up, Graham. So I th- uh, I'd like to just gently remind everybody that there will be some rather exciting motorbike sound effects at the end of this podcast uh, right after the aforementioned honeybee track uh, which signs us out so i will say uh, goodbye now and thank you and uh, see you next time bye bye see you next week guys <laughs> You're rubbish at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really bad. <laughs>